Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to America. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Everyone I know is focused on the shape of the stimulus negotiations. They know nothing! They're hanging on every word from Speaker Pelosi or Secretary Mnuchin while we're watching the laconic Mitch McConnell's body language. We need to know if cash-strapped states and small businesses will get the help they need. But the stock market's already made up its mind. It doesn't matter. And that's how we can have some solid action today. Dow advancing 35 points. S&P rising 0.53%. NASDAQ soaring 1.42%. That was easy. We're starting to hear about huge layoffs at all state. Okay? At Disney. Smaller ones at Goldman Sachs. Possible avalanche of firings the airlines. These people are losing their jobs through no fault of their own, and I really hope the government can get its act together to help them, because it's the right thing to do. The broader economy needs a stimulus package. We know that, right? America needs a stimulus package. Small, medium-sized businesses getting crushed. But the market? Oh, man, the market doesn't see a recession. It sees a secular boom in certain industries, and that boom will blot out the parts of the economy that are most fragile. I think we'll have an L-shaped recovery on Main Street and a V-shaped recovery on Wall Street. I know this because we're starting to get earnings from defensive companies that would normally give shareholders huge windfalls. Yet they're being greeted with a yawn or with outright selling. Case in point, PepsiCo. The soda and snack company reported it was at 6.01 this morning. I saw it and I said, holy cow, substantially better than expected quarter, aided by all the stay-at-home snackers. And I was thinking, wow, I mean, this thing's going to be up four. And I sure hope everyone has Pelotons at home to to work off those empty uh, calories. Four, maybe even five. That's how good it was. You have 4% organic growth for heaven's sake. Quarter was a thing of beauty. Yet, Pep's stock actually fell near the opening of trading. It was, it was that disliked. I had to excoriate the darn sellers when I was squawking on the street this morning. And somehow, uh, after a torturous morning, it was finally able to rally. I mean, I was just saying, just go buy the stock. Well, thank heavens it did. And by the way, that's the best of them when it comes to that whole consumer packaged goods group. Conagra, packaged food company, Constellation Brands, beer and liquor play. Well, they both reported stellar results. And what happened? Conagra did nothing. Constellation stock got hammered. Now, we're going to have both of them on later in the show to straighten out, straighten out how business could be so strong. But the market's like the honey badger. It doesn't care. Now, if we're going into a recession, I bet PepsiCo would have rallied four bucks in those numbers. ConAgra would be up at least a buck and a half. Constellation would be flat to slightly higher. 
kept back by some supply constraints at a time when they need as much beer as possible because Corona and Modelo are flying off the shelves. We have McCormick on the other night, the spice company, and they reported a terrific number, but it too slipped lower after earnings report. Clorox remains well below its high, getting nervous. Do you know that we sold Colgate for my charitable trust today? We decided to tell members of the ActionAlertsPlus.com club that we're taking the nice game because Colgate's mainstays are too recession-proof. Toothpaste, soap. I mean, you use them no matter what. Market's got no love for that kind of stock. Oh, I felt terrible selling that. Such a fine company. I use all their products. But betting against the business cycle is a fool's game. Now, I talk about this. If you really want a refresher course and you want to know how all this works, I talk about this in Confessions of... Hmm. Hey, well, guess as good version as any. I talk about it in Confessions of a Street Addict. Uh, when my hedge fund was starting out, I had this idea, you know, it just own great franchise companies. Just owns the stock of Heinz because there's never going to be some company going to come in and take over their position. But you know what? Uh, that works during a period of economic doldrums. But the stock fell apart as Heinz even did well because the economy was on the mend. Nobody wants the packaged foods plays when the cyclicals can generate huge earnings growth. That's how these defensive stocks are trading right now. You want to stay at home food play that's working? I don't know. Try Pinterest. It's got good recipes. And of course, by Peloton. I mean, when in doubt, by Peloton. Yep, the market's speaking loud and clear. The recession proof names have gone out of style on the Wall Street fashion show because money managers are betting on an expansion despite what's happening in Washington. So what's in style? We have to listen. Let's be let's be stock whispers here. Let's see what the market is whispering to us. First, the most down and out retailers, the ones that need a boom to thrive. They did well today. I saw Macy's step by step, inch by inch moving up. Kohl's joined it. Kohl's. There are signs of an accelerating economy, no doubt, as they need to recharge consumers willing to go out and shop or they can't make the numbers. Same with Nike's poor cousin Under Armour with a stock that looks ready to break out. And Gap Stores, which seems like it's trying to mount the, uh, the kind of recovery that we got from L Brands. Of course, some of the strength in retail could be the pin action from the amazing performance that we saw in Bed Bath & Beyond. But I think that's a mistake to extrapolate that. It doesn't really work like that. You see, Bed Bath Beyond is now managed by a magician. It's followed by the name of Mark Tritton, late of Target. He's pulled a rabbit out of a hat here, much to the chagrin of a multitude of short sellers whom, i got to tell you, had a real bad day. They could have a Modelo on me. Uh, bar's closed. Thanks for nothing. Anyway, Bed Bath sells housewares, which are doing a lot better than apparel. We're going to hear from Mark later on about this amazing turn in BBBY, which is not done, by the way. Let the short sellers try to knock it down and then bring it in. That's what we used to do in some of the trades. Bring it in. The mall-based footlockers finally showing some life after spectacular numbers from Nike, although a lot of the strength of Nike comes from cutting out the middleman, which happens to be footlocker. Even the pathetic stock, Nordstrom, was up today. Could there really be a return to the mall? If so, people are richer and less fearful than it seems. They're definitely bored. Second, you'd think that the consumer-dependent tech stocks would be hostage to the stimulus talks, but they're roaring. So are the stay-at-home stocks that are technology-oriented. Remember, there are two prongs to the stay-at-home thesis. There's the lockdown component and the remote work component. At least for the moment, the lockdown trades aren't really working. America has reopened. People are going out again. I think that holds true, unless we get another major spike in COVID, even if we do. But just because we're going out again does not mean we're taking unnecessary risks. Remote work is still the order of the day, and e-commerce is on fire, hence the surge in Amazon and FedEx, United Parcel. Hey, by the way, Doc, you saw me had them on the other day. Remember, they were kind of talking about how they do a deal with Zoom. Man, I'm glad I put that one up there because that's just what they do. 
post stocks. Third, there are other signs of life that are truly positive. Look at the endless rallies in Penn National and DraftKings. The former casino company that bought a big piece of barstool, the latter an amazingly hot fantasy sport and gambling website. Full disclosure, they sponsored my bull market fantasy internet program. A lot of synergies. These moves show that yet younger consumers still have plenty of disposable income to wager on sports and, of course, on options and on SPACs. The demand for SPACs, would we take? Thanks for mentioning them. Uh, many of which are good, continues to pace. I try to cover them all, but many of them are either hard to keep track of or hard to understand because sometimes they're just big piles of money where you have to hope management will make a good investment. You see, the success of these SPAC deals tells you there's a huge appetite for risk, both among institutional investors and home gamers, particularly those new to the market. As a matter of fact, I wrote a blank check to my uh, the painter today. And, you know, I was getting nervous about the blank check until my buddy Haley showed me. There it is. I mean, I want to write a blank check. I'm afraid to write it for a painter. Some people are writing $400 million blank checks. What the heck? Put it all together. And I can understand why so many Republican senators are reluctant to spend a fortune on another huge stimulus package. The average suggests the economy is moving in the right direction. When Johnson & Johnson's down 2 bucks, but Darden, the owner of Olive Garden, is up 4 bucks. Skyworks, which makes the guts of high-end subfos, up $6.5. And small business empowers Etsy and Twilio are screaming higher. Ladder up almost 40 points on a pre-announcement of a better-than-expected quarter. It's clear the market is not worried about a slowdown. Can you believe I worked all those in? Remember, we're in a bizarre situation here where big business is booming, but small businesses are on the ropes. They're being snuffed out left and right. It just doesn't matter to the stock market because small businesses aren't publicly traded. Hashtag Bar San Miguel, BSM. No. No. Well, what are you going to have eight tables in a business? The bottom line. As far as the stock market is concerned, we don't need no stinking stimulus. And that's absolutely true for your portfolio. But it's necessarily not true for America. A lot of small operators that don't deserve it are going to go under, causing a lot of workers who don't deserve it to lose their jobs. Unfortunately, deserves got nothing to do with it. Russell in New York. Russell. Booyah, Jim. This is Russell. I'm a senior at Syracuse University. First time, long time. How are you today? You know, I mean, the young, we, younger people who want people to check in, I love it. I'm doing fine. How's Cuse? It's great up here. I love it. Uh, just wanted to give a quick birthday shout-out to my dad. We always watch the show together and appreciate your input. How about guys? Happy birthday to his dad. Stay focused. All right. Stay focused. All right, what's up? So my, question, my question today revolves around GlaxoSmithKline, GSK. I saw the recent news on the CEO mentioning how they will not file for approval on the vaccine until phase three trials are complete. With pharma companies looking to boost their reputations, do you think GSK is a strong longer-term investment to see how they contribute That's, to the end of COVID-19? You know, it's funny. There's a big divergence there between uh, the company, which is doing quite well, particularly the vaccine business, and the stock, which is doing quite poorly. Look, you're a young fellow. You're at Syracuse. Uh, it, this yields 5%. You'll keep, in, you'll keep reinvesting that dividend. But I actually want you to take on more risk. That's right, more risk. Does that mean you go buy this, the, you know, whatever SPAC is trading? No, but I want you, you're a young person. Let's, buy, let's get a little more aggressive, okay? Now I want to go to John in Florida. John. Thank you for taking my call, Jim. With all the fires in the West Coast in Florida, I'm sorry, in uh, California, California, and what's going on in the panhandle and all the flooding, what are your thoughts on travelers? Uh, you know, I, I was friends with the, uh, the late CEO, and he told me he would not write in these really tough areas. But he knew everything. He knew every zip code. He knew everything. And that always made me feel good about travelers. But you know what? 
I think the insurance business is stunned by the fact that we have low rates. So I'm going to say stay away, even if they're doing well. All right, the market's made up its mind. It doesn't need no stinking stimulus. I mean, that may work for your portfolio. Now, I actually am partial to America, and Americans need it badly, but that's not what this is about, because deserves got nothing to do with it. May have money tonight. How is the at-home eating trend helping ConAgra? Now, I had to talk to the CEO. I mentioned he was doing well. Then, it was the summer of shopping for the home and bed, bath, and beyond is cashing in on the trend. What do you do with those $5 coupons? I, I throw them away. Now, I'm sitting down with the CEO after the company posted its first comparable sales growth since 2016, and it was all done Omni. And then Constellation Brands beat earnings estimates, but its stock is falling anyway? What the heck? Give me a Modelo. I'm getting to the bottom of it with the CEO. Stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere, you can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Packaged food companies keep delivering great numbers, and it doesn't matter. This has become a Rodney Dangerfield kind of situation. They can't get no respect, perhaps because investors believe the worst is over with the economy, even if people keep working from home. I mean, like, they're, yeah, they're on their Peloton, but they're not doing the other stuff. Take Conagra Brands, which you might know as Chef Boyardee or Hebrew National, Orville Redenbrock or Bertolli, Pam, Slim Jims. 
a huge portfolio of frozen vegetables, birdseye, and all sorts of new spinoffs and innovations. This morning, ConAgra reported excellent quarter, 13 cent earnings beat, 57 cent basis, 15 percent organic growth, much better than the 10.5 percent Wall Street was expected on top of skyrocketing margins. On top of that, the company gave you strong guidance for the current quarter, and they put through a whopping 29 percent dividend boost, bringing the yield up to 3.1 percent. And what happened? Nothing! Money managers ignored ConAgra and piled back into tech, into sports betting, anything that has great economic growth and, of course, whatever SPAC came today. In other words, you're getting the quarter for free. And sooner or later, I think that's going to matter. So let's take a closer look with Sean Conley. He's the president and CEO of ConAgra. Find out more about the quarter and where the company's headed. Mr. Conley, welcome back to Mad Money. Hey, Jim, I appreciate you having me on. Sean, I've got to tell you, your deck, your conference call, your release, they all point to the same thing which is that the ConAgra way is triumphing in an elevated at-home moment, and therefore it's sustainable or you wouldn't have boosted your dividend to above where it was when it was cut. Is that the narrative? That's it, Jim. You know, we've been laying the groundwork for this for the last five years with arguably one of the biggest transformations in all of consumer packaged goods, and it's enabling us to seize the moment right now. And you saw we had industry-leading household penetration gains and number two in depth of repeat uh, we are really uh, seeing the fruits of our labor for the fa- past several years. I want to go to this. Conagra is a leader in driving multiple repeat purchases that you just mentioned. You've got a, de- a slide other than the ne'er-do-well Kraft Heinz. You know, let's give them their due here. You are doing better than everybody else when it comes to total buyer's percentage of buying repeating purchases. I don't think people understand how repeating purchases is so important. So why don't you give, walk us through, say, one of your uh, great lines and what you're seeing. Well, one of the, the uh, kind of myths in, in the food space is that the healthier brands is strictly tied to the level of advertising spend. Advertising plays a role, but we believe it starts with designing and building phenomenal products and phenomenal packages that are very modern, that appeal to today, today's consumer. Then we seek out physical availability, which is distribution, and then we invest in ad- advertising these days, mostly digital with our customers and on our own, and that builds what we call mental availability, meaning People know it's there, they're excited about it, they see it, and they want to buy it. We've proven that once we can get them to buy it, they will love it, and they will come back again and again, which is why that depth of repeat is important. It's really a metric around loyalty, and we know if we can get the product in the consumer's mouth, more often than not, we'll, we'll convert that to loyalty. And one of the things I love about what you're talking about is not only that's the micro, the macro, yet you talk about the new normal. You have in your charts rising office vacancies is the reason why you'll do well. Remote workforce adoption, obviously not going away. A fantastic part about at-home lifestyle and entertainment and how 172% Peloton, 25% streaming, 18% tech consumer electronics IT all play into your sweet spot, particularly for younger people in what, in what you describe as the frozen single serve. Now, all of this is happening so quickly. How do we know it's sustainable? Well, people are investing in their homes. You know, they were forced into their homes, but they decided, hey, if I'm going to spend this much time here, I might as well create the environment that I want and start to cultivate these new skills that I can use again and again. So they've made an investment into their homes, be it exercise equipment, upgraded kitchens, pots and pans, things like that, they're now going to seek a return on that investment, which means we're expecting them to continue to have elevated eating occasions at home. Not to mention their household balance sheets are stretched, so it's a far better value to do that. You put it all together, and I think it bodes well for ConAgra brands, particularly because our portfolio 
over indexes to lunch and dinner, which are the two day parts where we see the most elevated consumption. So you have introduced a huge number of products. Uh, how do you know which ones work and which ones don't? Because it costs money to introduce new products. I know you're doing a lot of this on the web. Maybe you can speak to the spend of that. But the multitude of new products, how do you keep track of what you're doing? Well, our hit rate on new products is never going to be perfect, and it isn't for anybody. But our hit rate on new products is better than most. And we look at something called a renewal rate, which is the percentage of our annual sales that comes from items launched in the past three years. And we have among uh, best-in-class renewal rates, and that's a proxy for how well the innovation is working. And it's not a surprise to me because we spend so much tr time trying to track and understand consumer desires and then design those attributes into our products. And we're not going to be perfect, but we have a pretty good track record on innovation. And an important part of that is it builds credibility with our customers. Our customers come to us first and ask for our innovation. Even in the pandemic, when a lot of companies said they were dialing back innovation, our customers came to us and said, we'll take pretty much everything you can offer us. And so we're very uh, disciplined in terms of launching things that we think have the best chance of succeeding. And our track record has been pretty strong. One area that I think a lot of our viewers are interested in is your eco-conscious consumption. You guys seem to have a bead on what the younger demographic wants, including plant-based. How's that doing? We have a fantastic team here that works on sustainability. We've been at it for a while, but we continue to invest in new innovations that will contribute to a more sustainable world. And one area that is one of our primary focus is packaging because uh, waste in plastic packaging has become a real issue in recent years. And earlier this year, we made a pledge to convert all of our current plastic packaging into new packaging that is either renewable, recyclable, or compostable by 2025. And I know one of the innovations that we have that you have uh, noticed is our plant-based fiber bowls that we started with Healthy Choice Power Bowls. That has gone so well with millennials that we have now invested to create more capacity on those bowls, and we're extending it into our new Hungry Man Double Meat Bowls, as well as our P.F. Chang Ramen Bowls, which, of course, we all know millennials love their ramen. All right, Sean, last question. The analysts seem to have forgotten what a lot of people really liked who watch our show. They don't focus at all on the dividend boost. They're at margins. They've got some questions that are about They're trying to build their models. I know you as a person. You would never have raised that this much if you didn't, weren't really trying to show people, you know what, this is not a one to two quarter phenomena, correct? Absolutely, Jim. It's a sign of the confidence we have in the business. We are achieving a level of household penetration right now that we didn't expect to achieve. And now we've got the proof points that says these new triers are coming back and they're buying again and again. So we, we believe that's going to lead to elevated consumption and market share for our portfolio over time. And it was it, we, our cash flows were so strong, we got ahead on our deleveraging and we were fortunate enough to be in a position to take a 29% increase in our dividend. And I think our shareholders will be very happy about that. I couldn't agree more. What a great quarter, a great year. Thank you so much. Sean Conley, President and CEO of ConAgra, doing everything that you said you'd do when you first came on the show. Thanks, Jim. John, this man delivers. Okay, you don't know how hard it is to deliver. When you're faced with a situation of a pandemic, we didn't even talk about how much money he had to spend just to try to keep his workforce healthy, which he did. It's the first thing he has on his mind. I like the stock. Man, money's back after the break. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information.
FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Bed Bath & Beyond is back in business. Ever since Mark Tritton took over the CEO last year, I've been predicting a fabulous turnaround story. But even I didn't expect the incredible results he delivered this morning. I, I thought it was a mistake. I called my friend John Duskin who is from Macellum, who was instrumental in this turn, and said, I don't believe it. It was right. Turns out the pandemic was exactly what Ted Bath needed. It forced them to build out their omnichannel business with buy online, pick up in store options and curbside pickup. And also caused a massive bull market in home goods because we can't go anywhere else anyway. But, geez, this stock had already pole vaulted from three dollars and changed at the March lows to 15 last night. And today it rallied another three dollars and 77 cents or 25 percent, soaring to its highest level in more than two years. You know, what? I don't even think it's done. Bed Bath earned 50 cents per share when Wall Street was looking for a 30 cent loss with same store sales up 6 percent year over year. First positive comps in three and a half years. Those are some amazing numbers. They make it crystal clear that turnaround is at hand. And because Bed Bath is a hated stock, today's move triggered a massive short squeeze too. 60 percent of the thing is sold short. I, could this thing have more room to run? Let's check it with Mark Tritton. He's the bankable president and CEO of Bed Bath & Beyond. You get a better read on the quarter and his company's prospects. Mr. Tritton, welcome to Mad Money. Hey, Jim, how are you? Good to be here. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know you came from Target. You're a straight shooter. I know my friend John Duskin told me and my wife for, took us out for a drink and said he's going to turn around. He's going to bring in someone and they're going to turn around Bed Bath. She laughed. I was confused, thought it couldn't happen. How the heck did you do it so fast? <laughs> well, we're still a work in progress. I mean, great green shoots of, of recovery and transformation. But I think this, re- this quarter really set aside uh, evidence that we have a strong team We've got a strong category and we've got strong performance. So we're really excited to share even more on October 28th that our investor day, our blueprint for the next three years for our growth and recovery. All right. Well, give us a little snapshot because I'm understanding that you've got two million new customers and they are younger than the previous base. Yeah, they're about six years younger. Uh, you know, the new customers coming on board, which is great news for us as we expand our customer profile. But really the key to that was our Omni Always uh, strategy. And when we talk about that, we talk about really understanding our customer, how they shop today. And this was pre-COVID, but even more important inside that COVID moment. We know that 80% of our customers pre-shop online and either purchase there or go to store. And we had a really broken paradigm. We had a fantastic digital business. Really, it was very large. We did about $1.8 billion last year. We've already beat that by this time this year. So we're, we're large, but we're growing. And we really doubled down on that digital aspect. But we weren't easy. We weren't convenient. I mean, life's tough at the moment. And you really want to make it simple and easy and frictionless for our customer. So we looked at our website. We looked at our integration with our stores, which is an ability to leverage our store assets and connect those two strongly into an omni environment. And it's really worked out, the introduction of Bopus, curbside, and now same day, to really facilitate ease and frictionless shopping, starting with digital, 
or install wherever the customer wants well, to go. You know, right, and I'm they, glad you mentioned this because, uh, it, well, one, it did seem to me that you made it so uh, the stores are actually a positive, not a negative, the brick and mortar. And then second, the bears were telling me, you know what, he's getting crushed on this bopus. He's getting crushed on it. I, when I read through, it seemed like the margins are better. Absolutely, they're better. We know that if we have a digital sale that is bopus, curbside or same day, our margin is actually equivalent to a store-based sale. So for us, we're driving behaviour, driving engagement and driving those three assets. And that's helping to leverage out our gross margin as we rapidly expand our digital business. The stores are a key to this profitability. Now, one thing that shocked me and I think shocked a lot of people and uh, who are going to have to buy the stock because they sold it short, your balance sheet. When I look at it, the equity value should have gone up 45 percent, literally just from going from net debt to net cash change. I mean, am I reading it wrong? I mean, I only took a year of account. No, you're reading it right. I think we, we, we really worked on every lever. We doubled down on our liquidity. We took out the ABL a little earlier in the quarter, and that was really not because we needed the cash, but through the uncertainty, we wanted to create insurance and liquidity for our business no matter what. What we found is we were in cash generation mode, and through the return to regular margin mix and this kind of profitable sales of digital, we were able to generate some really strong profit dollars and then reinvest that back into our business through debt management and ongoing liquidity. Now, Mark, when a bet, when uh, Toys R Us went under, people told me, hey, look, Bye Bye Baby's going to clean up. But, you know, they didn't really know how to execute. I'm not going to dump on those guys. They're, they seem like nice people. But you couldn't, the previous group couldn't execute. I'm looking at this thing. It's like 10% of your sales. I don't know. I mean, am I right? I, this could be worth a billion bucks. Well, we're definitely doubling down on Bye Bye Baby. And we think that we're underpenetrated in the market, both in stores and digital. It's a really great business. I, too, worked on, in my target days, the decomposition of the Babies R Us business. And we were looking at that time at Bye Bye Baby as another share gainer and an opportunity, but it really didn't have its act together. And I see huge runway for this business, a great team in there. We're going to double down. And, you know, people are still parenting. They need product. They need support. So we're going to be a major part of that business and some real uh, sharing, share growth there for us. All right. Is your company still going to be a shared donor to some of those big box guys, or do they now have to recognize that you're not going to give up any or cede any share? You know, we've already seen some great green shoots on that during the COVID period and definitely now with our back-to-college efforts, which were a great expression of us returning to really clear value clear communication, owning the moment, locking and aligning digital and physical to create an omni experience, we really gained some great share in key categories. Some we maintained and some we lost, but that was mostly about availability of inventory. We see now that full stores open. We're really focused on the third and fourth quarter and the period belong. We're coming for everybody. We've got share on our side. All right. So when Michelle, when John Dustin came with the original presentation, uh, he showed me that Bed Bath had something like, I don't know, like 20 different kinds of hangers and 10 different kinds <laughs> of trash cans. And, and my wife, Lisa, said, that's Bed Bath. I mean, you know, you go in there, you, you get lost in the hangers. How quickly can you fix that situation? Yeah, look, I mean, I like you read that report back in the day. And, and what, what I found throughout the business, whether it's merchandising or any part of the business, there wasn't just low-hanging fruit. There was fruit on the ground to be picked up. <laughs> and then we were also going to be to build a ladder to get to the, the tall fruit. Uh, but, you know, in terms of assortment curation, we've already doubled down on that. Uh, Joe Hartzik, our new chief merchandising officer and president of Harman, has really doubled down efforts to, to curate the assortment and focus on the runway that we're going to have in 2021 for the introduction of more own brands and a hyper-focus on a curated assortment. 
back in the day, that volume authority uh, really worked. And I think the customer has changed. And so we're going to reach that authority through curation and focus and strengthen key categories. You used two words at the end of your conference call that I never associated ever with Bed Bath & Beyond. You said that you were agile and flexible. Are people ready yes. for an agile and flexible Bed Bath & Beyond? Well, you know what? I think we are more than ready. And, when, and as we've been showing it, the customer's been showing up as well. So we've seen a great response to that. Through Q2, what's really fun about that is, is that Back to College efforts and our new strategy, brand plan, value communication, the agility we showed to react to different customer needs, even through the tenseness of the COVID moment, has really built a blueprint of how we're going to operate in the third and fourth quarter and beyond. So we're doing it and the customer's responding, I see good things ahead. And your partnership to be able to have uh, same day and uh, next day quick uh, delivery, how's that working? Yeah, we've just launched. Um, We're seeing day-by-day rapid iteration of that. I think these are new norms, Jim, that customers are used to, both as curbside. We were nowhere. Now we're in play. Same day, I think, is the same deal. So we're quickly, our customers quickly adopting and adapting. And I think as we go into the all-important fourth quarter, Customers are going to be nervous about ensuring that they get their goods, whether it's the Thanksgiving table or a Christmas giving moment, early, and they want to have safety, security, they're going to receive those things. And I think that BOPA's curbside and same day really help to make it easy and an enjoyable holiday season for everybody. All right. I'm going to give you an open invitation on your analyst day to come on the show. I am a believer. I live a mile from the original store, and it is something. I love what you're doing. Mark Tritton, President CEO of Bed Bath & Beyond. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Jim. Guys, read the deck. Listen to the conference call. Understand how wrong people have been about this, and then go to the store. Mad Money is back in here. This morning, we got a terrific quarter from Constellation Brands, STZ, the beer, wine, and liquor company best known for Corona and Modelo. And the market barely noticed. In fact, the stock actually went down. You know what? That's kind of nuts. We spoke to CEO Bill Newland six months ago when the stock had been hammered by the initial COVID outbreak. He explained that the loss of the bar business would be more than offset by huge consumer uh, sales. Well, since then, the stock's up 40 percent. We told you to buy it hand over fist. Still hasn't regained its pre-pandemic right, uh, highs, though. I think there's a lot of unjustified skepticism here. Earlier today, Constellation reported a top and bottom line beat with real strength in beer and stabilization wine spirits. But because management still isn't going nuts about forward guidance, because the future is a little uncertain, don't you think? The stock got hit. I say, come on. We know the business is in great shape. Don't take it from me. Let's dig deeper with Bill Newland. He's the president and CEO of Constellation Brands. Get a clear picture of the results. Mr. Newlands, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks, Jim. Good to be here. Bill, I don't think people understand the complexity of what you accomplished this quarter. Bars, I mean, they're just saying it's hard to find one. You're not even allowed to stand around. Didn't affect your sales. Mexico, some problems that I think are going to be solved. Didn't affect your sales. Not a lot of sports to advertise. Didn't affect your sales. What did affect your sales is that people have a love for Modelo, for Corona, for your hard spiked seltzer, which they really took off by leaps and bounds, and for your premiumization. And I think it's incredible that you even had a good quarter at all. So just tell us how it happened. Well said, Jim. Uh, We were quite pleased with the quarter, especially given we expected this to be our most challenging quarter. As you know, in Mexico, we we had a reduced production for a window of time because of COVID. And that hit during this particular quarter for our beer business. 
At the same time, in the last four weeks in IRI, we actually gained share and our Modelo brand has, has returned to its double-digit growth profile. When you throw in that our wine business, particularly at the high end, with our premiumization strategy, has performed extremely well, we were quite pleased with, with this, and we're quite excited about what's going to come for the rest of our fiscal year. All right, let's talk about Corona Hard Seltzer. This is the second fastest-moving hard seltzer. Now, there is an outfit that's private that's doing incredibly well. We know that. There's another outfit uh, owned by uh, Boston Beer. They're doing okay. But is this not one of those situations where you can come in and crush it, particularly because uh, hard seltzer over-indexes with the Hispanic consumer-related company, which, by the way, I was on a panel last week. That's the best demographic in this country. It's the fastest-growing demographic. People don't realize it. My friend Saul Trujillo was going over the numbers. But isn't this precisely the demo that you need to sell into? It is. And we're over-indexing already with the Hispanic consumer with our Corona hard seltzer. We've done five and a half million cases since inception, and we have, as you said, the second fastest velocity in the category. It's been a very strong start for us. And remember, we only have one skew at this point. So the opportunity in front of us is tremendous, and we're going to be ready to take it on. We're going to more than double capacity next year for Corona Hard Seltzer. There were a lot of people who felt that you had taken down too much debt. The deleveraging here is rather remarkable. How soon will it be before you're comfortable enough to just buy uh, buy uh, all, all the, uh, the you can buy all the canopy you want in the open market, buy all the constellation? Because I know you think the stock's too low here. Yes, for sure that it is. But the fact that we did so well in this quarter, we're going to be in a position with our leverage ratio ahead of when we expected to be there, which will open up tremendous opportunities for us to either buy back stock or make other investments in our business. Our business is performing very well, and we're pleased with it. Let's talk about cannabis and what you guys are doing. Uh, when I first uh, met you, you were talking about the uh, synergies with Canopy and talking about uh, beverages that you think could be launched within, say, 2021, 2022. How's that going? It's been going great. Uh, in, in Canada, Canopy has sold 1.7 million cans since its introduction in March. Now, let's put some perspective around that. All of last year in the United States, there were only 4 million cans sold throughout the United States. So when you think about what Canopy has done in Canada alone, the upside is going to be tremendous. And these are excellent tasting beverages. Well, also the other thing that you talked about last time that I've got to give you credit for, I have reviewed uh, every company that comes on the show, what they're doing what they're doing, particularly for the uh, minority community, for Af- African-Americans. Uh, and I spoke with uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren yesterday about you. She did not know about the kind of uh, uh, really the kind of thing that business can do versus government. How is the uh, decision to commit one hundred million dollars to invest to support African-American, black and minority owned startups in this beverage uh, in the beverage world? It's gone very well. We've had a lot of interest and we're evaluating a number of investment opportunities as we speak. As you know, a couple of years ago, we did a similar thing for uh, businesses that were run by women. And today, our venture portfolio is over half uh, in companies that are run or, or, or owned by women. We think we can do the same thing in the African-American and minority-owned businesses going forward. We're very excited about the opportunity. And, and it's, a, it's a sector that has not gotten the right amount of capital over time. We think we can help change that. I told Senator Warren that your view 
was that it wasn't just because you have a big heart or any of that. It's because it's great business, particularly in the Hispanic community, also the the, uh, African-American community, where they've been ignored and they have spending power. And people must think that they don't do anything. That's right. And we're a big believer and we have to reflect the communities we serve. And investing in those communities is an important part of not only giving back, but, but engaging with the consumers that are that are critical to our franchises. The last thing I want to talk about is the notion of who's the number three beer. I think if you asked America who's number three beer, they would say, oh, well, yeah, I don't know, Coors, but you know, they would have, you know, when I was growing up, there were like 40 different beers. How did you get to be solidified number three? And do you think you could ever become number two? We think we can. I mean, Modelo has an unlimited upside at this point in time. It's got a tremendous following in the Hispanic community, but it's really started to develop in the non-Hispanic community over the last two to three years. As you know, our CMO, Jim Sabia, has started to invest and advertise against the non-Hispanic population, and it's going great. Tremendous upside with that population. I agree with you. I'm sure most people wouldn't realize that Modelo Especial is the number three beer in the United States and growing like a weed. It's grown for 35 years consecutive years as a brand family. And Modelo Especial, as you know, is on fire. It's hard to get. I always love something where there's where supply is exceeded by demand. Bill Newland's president CEO of Constellation Brands. Great quarter, sir. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you. STC's back. They made this with despite Mexico being in trouble. They did this without bars, people. I mean, 50% of the business and from a bars down. And it didn't matter. It's a great quarter. Man, Mike's back in the break. It is time! It's over! Oh, it's time for the late balance on Rock Park 1 and another Simpsons. See you. Bye bye bye. So, and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Dad? It's time for the lightning round. Let's start with Michael in Illinois. Michael! Yeah, yeah, how you doing, Jim? Booyah! Uh, booyah, Michael. What's happening? Uh, all we need to know is what to do with Roku after the. Anthony Wood came on the show about 150 points ago. He told a very compelling story about how they got subscriptions and ads. I like both businesses, so therefore, even up here, I still like Roku. How about Mark in Florida? Mark. Hi, Jim. How Uh, are you? I don't know where you get your great energy, but if you ever decide to sell it, I want in on the IPO. Well, I'm going to do a SPAC. I'm an energy SPAC. What's up? Uh, I'm looking for some of your great insight on the luxury accessory products companies. Uh, some of them are doing well, but I bought Tapestry, and it seems to be stagnating. Do you think well, I should sell you what I? All? I mean, it went up. To, it went up today. I mean, there's a lot of the second, a lot of the not so great ones are starting to move up. Uh, and Tapestry's okay. I like the album more than the stores. Brandon in Florida. Brandon. Hey, Jim. Big booyah from Tampa, Florida. Hey, I'll see you at the Super Bowl, my friend. Hey, you see you too. I yeah. wanted to ask about a stock I've been holding. How about since that guy, Scotty? Is he going to give me any points this weekend? Scotty crushed me a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I got a plan because all my I other guys so. are out. What's up? <laughs> hey, the stock I've been holding since the recent IPO, X-Tang. X-T-E-V. Oh, come on, man. Alibaba, just please. Alibaba, just buy that one. If you don't like that, then buy JD. But... We don't want to go downscale. We want to go upscale. We want to go to Christina in Illinois. Christina. Hi, Jim. How are you? 
dynamite. How about you? So, yeah, I'm great. So, um, my question that I'm calling in about, I'm sure you're familiar with it, it's a Granado Realty Trust, the symbol B and O. I purchased 10,000 shares of it. Wow. I bought it at 37.98, and yesterday it closed at 34.65. Right. Well, look, there's and nobody I- smarter than Steve Roth. Uh, when, uh, well, you know, the guy who runs Simon Properties, David Simon, gives him a run for the money. He's a hard-nosed guy. Uh, at the same time, it's not a good business. It's a real estate investment trust, and I, I think that you're in the best of a bad neighborhood, and that is the problem. You are in the house of pain. But the, you know, the least part of the pain, and I like to be house of pain. So there you go. Now, come on. Am I, I'll tell you when I'm finished. Let's go to Bill in Pennsylvania, please. Bill. Chill, man. Yo, uh, quick challenge to my friend Frida, who's also a big fan. Um, I know you love NVIDIA and Micron, but I'm, I got into uh, applied materials. Is that a long-term play? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, stocks should have gone up more after the quarter. They were linked yesterday with Micron. That's Gary Dickerson. Gary, will you come back on the show? Come on. I like that company. I do like Glamour Search a little more, but that's okay. How about we go to Asher in New York? Asher. Hi, Jim. I'd, I'd like to know your opinion on Piedmont Lithium, PLL. Uh, the stock popped to nosebleed levels a few days ago on the heels of a contract with Tesla to supply right. lithium carbonate. Uh, it's uh, since retrenched about 50%, with the EV market expected to produce about 30-plus uh, million cars within six years. Is this, position, is this company positioned well? Okay, this is a great long-term spec, okay? So if I say that and someone, somebody who is seven goes into Robinhood and buys a lot of calls on it, that person's going to lose money. And what's going to happen is a six-year-old is going to clean up instead of you seven-year-old. And that's my view on that stock. Very dangerous, but if you want to speculate, I got no problem. And that, ladies and gentlemen, of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. We can't afford to wait for vaccine. Oh, we got some brilliant minds working on the problem. But the process can only go so fast. When you're testing a vaccine, you need to get people from every imaginable demographic, tens of thousands of them, to sign up. There are all sorts of criteria, though. I just got turned down for a vaccine trial because I took a steroid shot to ease the pain from a partially torn rotator cuff. What's that got to do with COVID? Go figure. But it's not just enrolling lots of people. You need those people to take stupid risks like hitting up a bunch of restaurants in Florida or maybe a couple of bars in New York. Otherwise, you can't know the vaccine works, and that's a tough seller. So in the meantime, well, we got to take what we can get. We can do the social distancing, fine outside, not so good inside. At Bar San Miguel, we just got the green light to have 25% of our place open. Oh, we can seat 12 people. That means we're going to have to mothball the joint until there's a vaccine, because no independent restaurant could possibly raise prices enough to make up the lost revenue from the other 60 people we were expecting tonight. We can do masks, but uh, everyone's got to wear them. My personal doctor, John LaPoog, just did a great piece for CBS where he interviewed two professors who explained there's a gigantic amount of evidence now that masks can stop the spread. That's why Mark Benioff from Salesforce sponsored our mask competition with the nonprofit XPRIZE. You can see how we're doing by going to xprize.org slash masks, where hundreds of kids sent entries. Mark and I, who both contributed, are proud. Unlike what you hear, masks protect you as well as the asymptomatic spreaders. We also have testing. 
Right now, the standard is a thing called the polymerase chain reaction test, the PCR, where they take a swab of your nose and run it through these big machines. They're like the size of a sofa. Depending on the backlog, you can get your results back in as little as a few hours or as long as a week. Problem is, a week's a long time. You might be really sick for days without knowing it unless you quarantine while you wait for the results, and you're going to spread the virus to the rest of us. Overnight is better, but still not great. Look at the NFL, where players were tested Saturday, which then showed up positive on Sunday, causing game cancellation, uh, cancellations with actually should have positive Monday, but it ended up canceling the rest of the games. Uh, A few hours uh, matters. Uh, Not many labs can get them done that quickly. So here's the best hope. It's a new PCR test from Visby, V-I-S-B-Y. You can Google it. Visby Medical. It's actually handheld and single use. So if the Tennessee Titans had 53 Visbys at, say, $200 a pop, they could test all at once, get the results in a half hour, and avoid another game day cancellation. Remember that. See, you got to test that morning. All right. They come in. You got 53 of them lined up. They can all test it once, get it in a half hour. And then anybody who is uh, got covid or tests positive can get out. This test just got an emergency use authorization from the FDA. And if FISBE can scale up production, we'll have them on next week. I think this could be the most powerful weapon yet in the fight against covid. Yeah, it's real. Then there are the inexpensive instant tests I'm always talking about, like the Abbott Labs test you can take at your local pharmacy. Results coming up 15 minutes later for five bucks. They're not as accurate as PCR tests, but they're fast and they come up with an app that could be used as a certificate of good health to get you into all sorts of events that might not be safe otherwise. Remember, with testing, great is the enemy of good, and you're not going to be able to do as well as the PCR, which is much more expensive. Taken separately, none of these things seems like a game changer at all, right? But taken together, social distancing, masking, the instant test, the PCR, the quick PCR, I think we have everything we need to get back to something close to normal, at least in theory. Will we actually use these tools to contain COVID? Well, that's another question. It will require real leadership from both the private sector and every level of government, so maybe you shouldn't hold your breath. But man, we have the technology to beat this thing. So do other countries. But we've got to use it like they do. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer, and I will see you tomorrow. The News with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.